Fortress Canine Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 89 of the Protection Dog Podcast, where we offer an alternative to conventional training methods and philosophy. I'm your host, Joel Riles, and today we are going to do a little bit of discussion on feeding drills, how you can do them, what is their purpose, and uh, and what are some potential problems if you do not do them. So, but before we get into that, let's talk about today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is Fortress Canine. Fortress Canine is bringing you peace of mind through protection dogs. Do you want a dog that will protect you, uh, but is also safe around your family, your children, your other pets? Then reach out and contact Fortress Canine today. You can find out more information by visiting our website, FortressK9.com. That is F-O-R-T. R-E-S-S, the letter K, the number nine.com. You can also email me at Joel, J-O-E-L, at FortressK9.com. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching for Fortress K9. <coughs> you like that? All right, so let's get into today's topic. Food aggression and doing feeding drills. So first, what is a feeding drill? Well, have you ever had a dog uh, that is semi-aggressive around his food or very aggressive around his food, right? So this can manifest itself if it's eating and a child comes up and tries to either pet the dog or sometimes children want to get down in the dog's face while it is eating. Uh, it can manifest itself when you have another dog eating nearby, uh, or it could be that you know you put two food bowls down and then one of the dogs, which often happens, wants to come over and eat out of the bowl that the other dog is eating out of. And in any of these, these situations, one or both dogs can become aggressive in this um, environment, right? So we want to make sure that we do things that keep that from happening. Now, um, this topic was actually sent to me uh, by one of the listeners. Uh, I believe they sent it over my Instagram uh, private message. But one of the questions that they had was, well, I don't want somebody getting in my face while I'm eating either, so why would I want to do food aggression drills? Well, here's the bottom line. You may not like it when somebody kind of gets up in your face while you're eating, Um, But if it's your grandchild, you don't punch them in the face and slam their head on the floor, right? You don't, you may say, hey, back off, move away from me, uh, but you don't act aggressively toward them. You don't cause injury, right? And do you want to be dealing with a dog fight in your house because your dogs are not stable around food? So much of the discipline, much of the control, much of the stabilization that we do with our dogs here at Fortress Canine is I don't care if you like it or not. You will allow it. Now, if I need to be fair to the dog, right? So if a child is uh, maybe taking their food bowl away from them and walking away with it and they're not getting to eat, that is my responsibility as the human to fix that problem. No, we don't treat our doggies that way. Give me the food back, put it back down. There you go, buddy. It's okay, you eat and drink you little one, you leave the dog alone, right? That's not the dog's responsibility to take care of by nipping, biting, growling, or barking at the child, okay? Because all of those things will turn into more uh, problems down the road if they're not handled. 
Okay, do you want a situation where your two dogs get into a fight? One of you, especially if it's maybe your wife, tries to stop the dog fight and ends up getting tagged and needing uh, either a minor surgery or the minimum stitches and having a big scar on her forearm or her hand because one of the dogs turned to tag her in the middle of fighting, right? This is why we do things like feeding drills. So what is the feeding drill? Feeding drills uh, take on multiple different um, ideas, but here's the general progression that I do, and this is especially important if your dog has already demonstrated some level of food aggression. Um, if they're not demonstrating food aggression, and especially if they're still a puppy, um, you can begin doing these a lot faster or you can jump ahead uh, to a higher level of drill uh, much quicker because they're easier to deal with if they decide to try and bite, growl, bark, any of that kind of stuff, right? Uh, but if you have a full-grown dog and or your dog has ever given you um, an indication of food aggression in the past, then you want to do this in a very methodical way so that you or someone else doesn't get bit, okay? So the way we start them is we have the, the dog's correction collar on, which if you follow Canine Academy or you bought a dog from us, you know that we recommend you always have your dog's correction collar on. They live in their correction collar. You have a lead attached to their correction collar and you put their food down for them and you tell them that they're allowed to eat and drink. You make sure that the correction collar is not wrapped around any of their, or I'm sorry, you make sure that the lead is not wrapped around any of their legs and you let them start eating. I will often give them a little touch or a pat on the, on the side, like you kind of stroke down their back a few times, maybe just give them a gentle little pat on the rump or on their shoulder and tell them, good eat, good eat. And then I will say, leave it, okay? Now, if this is the first time you've done this drill, they don't understand what leave it means in relation to their food. So I say, leave it, I give them a chance to stop eating. And then I will start with a light correction on the lead and I will basically lead direct them using the lead into a sit, okay? And if they reach down to get their food again, I'll give them another bump, fooey that with the bump, leave it. And then when they when they kind of go, why are you, they kind of look up at you almost with an inquisitive look, right? But they're not going back for their food, I go, good, leave it, and I pet them. Depending on your dog, if it's safe, I will reach down and pick the food up, put it on the counter, praise the dog, good, leave it. And then I'll pick up the food from the counter, put it back on the floor and tell the dog, eat, drink. And depending on how they reacted to that and how difficult it was to get that drill to completion, um, I may do that multiple times or I may move on to the next portion of the drill, okay? <clears throat> but you do not move on to the next portion of the drill until the dog has this portion down really well. The next portion of the drill, again, lead is still attached and I, I would do this next portion like another day, right? I don't try and push through this all in one day. I, I spread it out so that the dog gets used to me kind of coming in and messing with the dog and messing with the dog's food while the dog is eating, okay? So the other things I will do is I'll come in and I'll just pet on the dog while they're eating. So I will kind of pet their shoulders, I'll, I'll stroke down their bodies and pet their rumps. I may scratch right above their tail a little bit. And if they're comfortable with that, then I'll pet down their neck. Okay, so kind of from their shoulders to their neck up to their ears and back. If they're comfortable with that, I come down over the top of their head and down under their snout just a little bit and back. At any of these points, if there's any kind of growl or tensing, excuse me, in the dog, 
I will give the dog a correction. Fooey that, leave it alone. Okay? The dog is to allow you to pet on it and touch it while it's eating. So, uh, and again, if I have to correct, then I, I will back away a little bit from wherever it was that bothered them, and I'll pet the other places that they're comfortable with, and then if it won't let me touch it at all while it's eating, then I correct it away from its food, I take it to a crate, I put it away, I dump its food back in the food container, and it doesn't eat that day. Because showing aggression toward its own handler during feeding time is totally unacceptable. And we'll try it again the next day, or maybe we'll try it again later that day, okay? But there, there's a substantial multiple hour gap before I will give the dog another opportunity to go to its food, okay? So, but that's worst case, and if you did the first part of the drill pr correctly, you probably won't have that problem, okay? Um, what I wanna see in the first drill is really where I, I come up to the dog and I go, leave it seats, and they just stop eating and sit without me needing the lead, right? And at that point, I should be able to walk up and put my hands on the dog and touch the dog while it's eating. Now, I'm slowly, and again, I'm keeping all of this um, in mind with safety, I'm not doing anything that's gonna get myself bit if possible. And the dog has a lead on at all the times I'm doing these drills so that if I need to correct the dog, I can. And I'm trying to work where I can come under the dog's neck. And if you're watching the video, you can see me kind of demonstrate on myself. I wanna be able to come under the dog's neck and kind of pet under their neck as they're chewing and eating their food, okay? Once I get to that point, if all is good and the dog's accepting everything, I will put my hands on the food bowl and slide it away from where it's sitting. Now, a lot of the dogs at this point will follow the bowl with their mouth. So if they start following the bowl with their mouth, I, I just, in a, not a harsh tone, just in a calm tone, I just say, leave it alone as I take it away. And then when they leave it, I say, good, leave it. I pet the dog while the food bowl is a couple feet away. And then I praise them and then I slide the food back to where it was, I tell them eat, drink, and then I praise them for eating and drinking again, okay? Um, and then I will walk up and just take the bowl away from them if they do good with that, right? That's the next step. And I just take the bowl away, good, leave it, put the bowl right back, good, eat, drink, okay? And I, I progress those. Now you have to be very cautious with each of those steps if your dog shows aggression at any of the previous steps. And even a light growl, or kind of like if they lift their lips at all, okay? So have you ever seen where they, we call it flaring their lips, where they show you their teeth? They lift their lips up so you can see their teeth. Now this is, they're eating, okay? So you need to understand, usually what they'll do if they lift their lips is they'll still have their head right down near the bowl, but they will stop chewing on their food and they'll go, like they'll lift their lips up. They may or may not growl when they do it, but that is still a sign of aggression, okay? So I'm, I'm watching for all of these signs to make sure that we don't have any issues throughout this. Now again, I highly recommend you do this when your dogs are puppies, and then you will generally not have any problems the rest of the dog's life if you do these drills when the dogs are puppies, okay? Once I've done this and I'm very confident that my dog is good, I may have one of my older children come and kind of uh, mess with the dogs while they're eating while I'm standing right there beside the dog. And then I may have one of my younger children come just to confirm that everything is good, right? But I am, 
I make sure that the dog is very, very good and comfortable with me and I am very close. I often am taking a knee right next to the child while they come in and start messing with the dogs. Just so, and I usually am kind of touching the dog a little bit and my hand is on the side of the dog's head that the child is on. So that should the dog turn, I'm blocking the dog's head so that it may try and get to me before it may, in the process of trying to get to the child, it has to get through me. Okay, so my, my hand and or my arm is there. And should the dog show any aggression, I basically can take control of the dog at that point, right? And I've already proven to myself and the dog that me and the dog are good, so the only addition is the child, right? And then I have a very strong, firm, um, chastising tone to my voice. Knock that off, fooey that shit. Don't you show any aggression to that child, right? And then if that happens, then I'm gonna back way up and I'm gonna start all the drills over again, okay? So that's what the food drills are. Now again, it's much safer to do with a puppy. This is something that you need extreme caution with and if you are not comfortable training, I do not recommend you just start doing these drills with a dog that you don't have any respect built between, right? You should have a decent amount of respect that has been built between you you have established that the dog respects you, it listens to your commands, it does what you say. If your dog does not respect you and you try and go into these drills, you will get bit. So don't be stupid when you're doing this. This is not something that, oh, I have no control over my dog, but now I'm gonna try and come in and get food control, right? If you don't have control over normal obedience, you're almost certainly not gonna have any control in the food area. Okay, so we've kind of mentioned this a little bit, but I'll dig into these points just a little bit further. So the purpose of the feeding drills. Number one, with a working dog, or really in my opinion, any dog, because every dog should have some job, whether that job is just as an alarm, whether that job is to comfort you when you just wanna you know, sit and enjoy, but the job is, be a well-behaved dog and when I wanna pet you, come over here so I can pet you, right? That, that's fine if that's the dog's job, but every dog should have some job that it does. That's my opinion. Uh, you can disagree, but I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast if you didn't agree with that. So we are establishing control around food because if the dog has a job, it has a certain expectation, and that expectation is that I have this amount of control. Right now, you're not, you may not have the amount of control to put the dog on a helicopter and fast rope with it or to, to go into a tactical environment and fire weapons around it. That's okay, right? We're not talking about that. But it, when, you know, a uh, visitor comes to your house and your dog starts barking, you say, leave it alone, go to your place. It should leave it alone and go to its place. And if you don't have that level of control, then you probably have some work to do, right? And we can help you out with that at canineacademyonline.com. You can go check out more information on that. Okay, so that's one of the purposes, is to have control around of the dog around food. Okay, we wanna have control of the dog in all environments, but especially around food. Safeguarding children from interfering with dog's food. Now, if you live a life where no children will ever interact with your dog, then you may not care about that. But most people, even if their children are grown, um, either have or expect to have grandchildren and if you expect to have grandchildren within the lifespan of that dog, then doing these drills with the dog is being preemptive and proactive and making sure that you're not gonna have a problem down the road when your grandchildren come over to visit. 
right? <clears throat> but there is always the opportunity or the possibility that you're out and about, you could be at a park, you could be on a trail, you could be doing something like that, and you're out there for a decent amount of time, you wanna give your dog some food or some water, and some random child comes running up to your dog, right? Do you really want a dog that you can't trust in that situation? So that would be another purpose of doing these drills. Also, um, ensuring dog aggression around food is minimized. Now, there's, there's kind of two things that the dogs will do. I still correct for both of these. Um, some people will accept one and not the other, and it's really a matter of opinion, but aggression, I don't think anybody should accept, right? Barking, growling, biting, any of that kind of stuff, um, when another dog comes near their food, to me, is not acceptable. But what we do get sometimes with our dogs, especially like some of our older dogs that are kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of above you a little bit. I've been around a long time. You're new. Um, and they just kind of have that behavior, right? And, um, you know, a dog will be laying on a bed. The older dog will come over and go, this is my bed. And they'll kind of lay down on top of the younger dog so that the younger dog's uncomfortable and they get up and go somewhere else, right? Sometimes you'll see that behavior in some of the older dogs. So sometimes you'll get a similar pattern around food. So uh, a younger dog may be eating, right? We've done the food stabilization with the younger dog, so it's not getting aggressive, but the older dog kind of comes in and they stick their nose in the same food bowl and they start eating out of the same food bowl that the younger dog is eating out of. And then they just kind of slowly move their body and push the young dog out of the way where they, they kind of can't get to the food anymore, right? They can't reach the food. And, uh, and then usually that dog either goes and lays down somewhere or they may go over to the other empty food bowl. And if your dog is doing this, what you'll see is as soon as the dog goes over to the other food bowl, they'll go over there and do the same thing, right? They just kind of move back and forth. They're kind of like, I want both bowls. I want to eat both these bowls of food. And, uh, and they, they don't always eat all the food. Sometimes it's just a reaction to the other dog eating. Right? They come in and they just kind of push them out of the way and then when they leave, they go, okay, I don't want this food anymore. I'll just save it for later. Right? It's kind of the behavior. So um, some people accept that. I generally don't. Right now, it's not that it doesn't ever happen because some of our older dogs are a little bit more off-leash and when they're eating inside, they're usually close together. And so if I don't keep my eyes on it, they will sometimes try and take advantage of one another. But when I see it and when I catch it, I correct those dogs for doing that. Fui it, get over here to your bowl, leave that dog alone. Right, because I don't want that dog not getting its proper amount of food because one of the other dogs decides, hey, having two bowls of food today sounds like a good idea to me. So um, ensuring that you don't have dog aggression issues and also ensuring that all the dogs get to fairly eat. Now, some people like the dogs or they kind of have this concept of, well, like I want my dog to be tough so they shouldn't let another dog push them out of the way. Um, how do you want that to manifest itself? You want that to manifest itself in dog fights in your house and in your yard? And if that's if your answer to that is yes, you're probably an idiot. Please stop listening to my podcast and go away. I don't want idiots around here. So if you have that mentality, and when I said, how do you want that to manifest itself? And you kind of said, hmm, I'm not sure. The problem is dogs are three-year-olds. That's how, the, how much reasoning ability they have. They're three-year-olds. So when my three-year-olds start to get in an argument, I say, stop it. I don't just let them fight it out. I say, stop it. Be nice to each other. You go to that corner, you go to that corner, if it's maybe the second or third time I've corrected, right? 
So I don't let them just figure it out and, and get into fights and push each other around. They do not have the mental capacity to work out the problem. What they need to know is, you may not do this thing. And that's all they really get. I'm allowed to do this, I'm not allowed to do that. And if you try and allow them to work it out, all you're gonna do is end up in dog fights or end up where one dog basically dominates the other dog, which really is not fair to that dog in its lifestyle. It's, it's living a lifestyle that's almost akin to being in a prison with a bully that tells it what to do and dictates everything it's allowed to do and not do, okay? And if you ask me, that's a very unfair way to let a dog live its life. So, um, let's see here. So I hope that has been helpful for you. This has been a slightly shorter podcast, but it's one that was a good topic. It's one that we haven't addressed previously. I don't think at all. We may have mentioned it in passing a couple of times, but I highly, highly encourage you, especially if you have a puppy, do these food drills, these feeding drills with your dog earlier rather than later. If you have an adult dog, you may need to have a trainer help you through this process so that you don't get hurt, nobody else gets hurt. Um, but you do not want dogs that are food aggressive, okay? Not liking it is one thing, they cannot like it, but when you are doing things, you cannot like it, but you still have to do the thing that I told you to do, right? I don't care if you like it. I care that you do what I told you to do, which is if a child comes down and messes with your food bowl, you leave that child alone. They may still want to, they may still eat out of the food bowl while the child's down there, but they are not allowed to hurt the child, harm the child in any way, right? Or show aggression even with a growl or a bark because a growl or a bark will turn into aggression if you do not deal with that problem when it happens, all right? So I hope this has been helpful for you. Let me see if I can find my final out there. Um, my contact information, if you would like to send me other topics you would like addressed, is joel, J-O-E-L, at fortresscanine.com. You can also text me. Do not call me. The only people I want to talk to are people who want to buy protection dogs from me. Sorry, no offense, but I'm happy to text with you. And you can text me at 813-836-9244. Also, please check out our websites, fortressk9.com, which we just updated, by the way. Uh, we filmed a bunch of extra videos. We set it up. So if you are interested in a protection dog, there is a lot more information. And I hope it's laid out in a uh, much more easy, easy to understand uh, way that walks you through kind of, this is what we do, uh, this is our process, this is the difference between our dogs, uh, things like that, okay? And um, don't forget, go over and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Please like and or subscribe. And if there is a uh, rating, please give us a five-star rating and tell your friends about us. Until next time, remember to train hard and stay safe. Canine Podcast.